You are listening to T-Mac and Cookie Monster on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Engaging an exciting conversation on life, God, and pop culture. Every week on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another edition, another episode of Radiant Culture. We talk about all things awesome under the sun. You know which sun I'm talking about. And uh, today we've got another interesting topic, something that's been uh, on the minds of many, or maybe they're the types of questions that people don't want to ask or find nowhere to ask them. So hopefully we'll give you some guidance on those things today. Yeah. In studio, you've got me. You only need me. But we've also got uh, our faithful Mr. Kent here. Yeah, Can you give a shout out? You, yeah. got, you got me, Biscuit. I'm back. <laughs> we still are super subbing. Uh, Mr. Cookie Monster is around and you'll have him back in studio next week. Yeah. Um, T-Mac is still in the US of A. Uh, we know her visas for a whole year, but we expect her to come back. <laughs> anyway, she shouldn't hide there. We know you're listening. So, <laughs> Otherwise, Trump will be on her case. <laughs> he, he will be on your case. So um, we've got a special guest with us today. And um, yeah, I, I'm going to give him the chance to introduce uh, well, not introduce himself, but tell us more about himself, yeah. Mr. Tinashe Rusike. Uh, greetings to you, listeners, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, I'm glad to be here to share just some few things with you. Um, as has been introduced, my name is uh, Tinashe Rusike. I serve as a pastor in a ministry called Zimbabwe for Jesus. We travel, we do outreaches, uh, mm-hmm. particularly in small centers, rural areas, preaching the gospel uh, across denominations. We come together sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. So that's wow. me uh, in brief. I, I really admire the work that you do, Hague. Like Thank you. Like going around the country, especially in the rural parts, and right. preaching the gospel. I mean, you know, some of us like to be comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just turn on the TV, <laughs> hey? We just <laughs> technology and do ministry on yeah. Instagram. But that's really getting right, you know, getting your hands dirty and, and having such a passion is really, really admirable and Something really inspiring. Well, I, I think it's a privilege, you know. And when you do something, I believe God gives you the grace and you enjoy yeah. it. Wow, yeah. You know, so I think it's a privilege. I don't think there's anything extra special about what we do. Uh-huh. But it's just God's grace uh, wow. leading us to do what he's always wanted us to do. Great. Yeah. Awesome. So th- it would fall under, would, would it fall under missionary work? Is, yes, is you can say thing? missionary work, evangelism. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the kind of work, yeah, we do, yeah. yeah wow. we, have a, we have a very long history. <laughs> I guess you can actually thank missionaries for a lot of yeah, where true. Zimbabwe is true, today. True, yeah. true. Uh, a lot of uh, Africa, I mean, you could be on both sides of the debate there, but I think a lot of rather more good has definitely come true. of uh, missionary work in true. Africa than yeah. anything yeah. else. Yeah. Wow. So. Cool. So we want to talk about being Christian and being African. Right. You know, yeah. um, that's a lot of, that, that's a question a lot of young people have. I mean, not just right. young people, but a lot of people yeah, yeah. have, um, who are Christians, whereby you're now thinking, there's this whole Africa Arise movement, Africa right. Rising, you know, embrace your Africanness. And then right. you're thinking, but I'm a Christian. All right, all right. 
And a lot of people have that question. Okay, what does it mean to be African and Christian? And then you have, mm. you know, your other extreme end where there's a whole debate and a whole movement rising mm. where people mm. are saying, mm. should Christianity even be part of, you know, uh, part of us as Africans? Oh, right, you know right, I mean? right. Isn't this the colonials, col- colonialists? Religion. They brought us, they brainwashed us, they used it to colonize mm. us. What happened to our gods? What mm. happened to that? You have that section of people who are also rising up, and you have so yeah. many voices. So, as a young Christian, you become a bit confused and think, okay, what was wrong? You know, I was told it was wrong, but what was wrong with my African culture? Is yeah. there anything wrong? Right. African culture. Right. So maybe let's start from there. Mm. Uh, and the first question would be, that you know, does the Christian faith actually require us to, you know, neglect our African culture? Okay. Yes. That's a very important question, and there's many aspects I can say to that. The first thing I would like to to mention um, is that you know, culture basically changes over time, and there's many things that affect culture. Yeah. Culture is simply the way you do things over generations. Yeah. And I'd like to address even one of the things you talked about, where people claim that um, uh, Christianity is came because of colonialism and uh, to go back to our culture, we need to let go uh, of those uh, ideas, so to speak, that came with the missionaries. Mm. But I look at it this way to begin with, as I answer your question, that, um, you know what, I believe as any people, you are defined by what you choose to believe at that particular point in time. Our ancestors, I believe, at the time that they chose to do ancestral worship and uh, all those things, it's because that's all they knew. Uh How do we know that even if they were not colonized but had been exposed to those ideas, surely they would have still been free to choose. Mm -hmm. So being Mm -hmm. African does not necessarily mean that you reject any external ideas. We've got many ideas that come that are beneficial to us. Mm -hmm. So... And uh, for instance, we were wearing clothes, we're using this technology. Does it mean I'm less African because I've adopted something that I feel is helpful to me? Does, do I have to deny the right to progress? So I believe that culture changes over time and people have the right to choose to take on, whether it's spiritual, whether it's technological, what is helpful to them. Our ancestors, uh, whatever happened to them, it's because that's what they knew. But for us, because we see the benefit of the gospel, the benefit of knowing Jesus Christ, then we have the right to choose to improve ourselves. And we then determine the culture, and the culture changes. But when you're looking at the issue of culture, of course, there's other things as Christians um, that we need to understand. Because there's things that we just do that are not necessarily spiritual. There's many things that I believe about our culture that are very positive, and we should definitely hold on to issues of respect. You know, we're taught to respect your elders. We're taught to give. Someone comes, you give them what they need. You know, you don't hold back. We share, we we look out for the extended family. Mm -hmm. All those values, those things are are very important. And there's nothing wrong with them. Mm -hmm. But when we come to the spiritual dimension, it's a totally different ballgame now. So when we're talking about cultural aspects that we need to let go of, no, we're not saying a wholesale checking out of what people do as Africans. But there's things spiritually that we need to look at closely. How do we connect to God? And as believers, we know that there's only one way to connect to God. You know, the Bible says in 1 Timothy 2, I think it's verse 5, that there's one mediator between God and man. Mm. Between God and man. So it's one mediator between God and Chinese people. There's only one mediator between God and uh, black people, God and white people, God and Japanese people. There's only one mediator. 
There's one God, it says, in the word of God. That's why we've got one sun. You find that if you look at this world, right now we're saying we're getting into winter. Yes. And at certain times we're in summer. Why? Because the sun has shifted into the northern hemisphere. We share one, one sun mm-hmm. uh, that's there, one moon. Mm-hmm. affecting the weather systems. That's mm-hmm. why we exchange. Mm-hmm. And that all points to the fact that there's one God because there's one system that's, wow. that's okay. operating. And surely if there's one system of operation, it means there's also one mediator between God and man. Regardless of different cultures, perspectives, languages, our mediator is one. And that's where we, we need to draw the line. Is what we are doing reflecting that, that there's one mediator does it glorify our mediator, Jesus Christ? Because he's the one who came to take away our sins and connect us with God, basically. Uh-huh. So I would say where we should draw the line is if you're doing something uh-huh. and when you're doing whatever it is you're doing, you know, whether it is in ancestral worship or you're going to the gravesite, is it reflecting the truth that there is one mediator between God and man, that's Jesus Christ? Or is it seeming to suggest that we're trusting other mediators now? other than Jesus Christ. That's how I look at it, you know. Okay, um, I, I like what you said earlier about um, sort of suggesting something I'd never really considered, mm. um, that um, the, we often look and say that the religion, the Christian faith mm. was forced upon us, mm. but there's mm. a possibility that it was chosen by yes. some who literally looked and said, this sounds better, this yes, makes more exactly. sense, I'm going to adopt this aspect of yes. it. So I think that's something people should remember as well. Yes. Let's just not look at history as one blanket. Like yeah, it yeah. happened one way. Yeah. Then the other thing I, I'd like to um, dig into mm. is I, I, be, I also don't want to force my beliefs upon <laughs> this, but I, I believe in truth and I believe yes. that truth itself is kind of transcendent. It's, yes. it's just yes. truth. It's just truth. It's just truth. Yeah. So before truth and knowledge met, um, right. And maybe they, they, as you said, they did the best that they knew at that time. Yeah. Is it possible that there was some level of overlap where, yes, maybe they did not know the name of Jesus, mm, mm, but they mm. were indeed worshiping God. Now, that's an argument I think some people yeah. have that mm, say mm, they mm. were worshiping God. They did not know the Gospels. Okay. Mm, mm. But they were doing some things right. Do you think there's that overlap that was there or or was that all literally mistaken because they didn't have the knowledge that was supposed to accompany it? All right. That's a very uh, good and uh, difficult question, but I'll try and answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, look, when you look at the gospel, the firstly, you know, we just know what we know for sure is that the only way to God is through Jesus Christ yeah. and uh, putting your faith in him and trusting in him. There's many other ways that people try to go to God and to reach out to him. But they can't. And, you know, the Bible clearly says that um, we can't reach God because of our sins. And the only thing that can take away man's sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I I will agree that among many cultures, there's always been a consciousness uh, Mm -hmm. of a higher power, a higher being of a God and, and the need to appease him. Which is why you find in many cultures, people, some would sacrifice goats and some would sacrifice cattle. Some would even sacrifice uh, young people, virgins and all those things. Because I guess there is a God-given awareness that I need something to take away my sin. And then Jesus Christ came to answer that. And uh, because he's the only way to take away our sin. Now, for them that were there who never had the chance to hear, all I know is, you know, God is a fair judge. And 
in his wisdom and his fairness, I know he's going to judge them fairly. Yeah. But whether they uh, we did manage to truly connect with the Lord or not, ultimately, you know, God knows. But I know for us who now know and where the gospel is preached, if we yeah. then try and connect with God in that wrong way, definitely we have no excuse. That's, that's, that's for point. sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I think that's an interesting point yeah. because we try to operate with bygone rules around mm. the time yes. Yes. instead of acknowledging that no yeah. now you know something now you know yeah. yeah so you may not use the same um, techniques yeah okay fair and fine yeah we understand that now we know mm-hmm. that's a good place to start to, to, to get on to our next point right now we know right that yeah. there's one mediator yes right before we knew Buyanyanda uh, or whoever the ancestors yes. that yes. we were going through, yes. Zimu as we call it in in our Shona culture, yes, we used to worship them a certain way, mm, right? Mm, mm. We used to appease them a certain way, yes, we used to honor them a certain way, yes. And now we know that look, there is Jesus Christ who is yes. the one mediator. So yes. now we turn to Him. That's right? it. Yeah. Now Christianity, the missionaries obviously because of their background, came and taught us to worship, but they worshipped in their style, okay. their culture. Yeah, yeah. Right? Now, we are Africans. Right. Is it wrong for us to take the way we worshipped our God before right. without the knowledge of Jesus Christ? Okay. And now with the knowledge of Jesus Christ, use that form of worship to worship him and say, ah, we were missed misdirected mm. we now worship Jesus Christ but we're still doing the beaters okay just still, to, yeah. it's just to Jesus it's going to say that bear with us guys okay okay yeah, that, instead of right. uh, you know the praise and worship and the you know the style that we've adopted, which is Western, mm, because mm, to be honest, mm. church is done in a Western. Yeah, way. true. Not in all churches, but most churches. Yeah, true, true. We take our cue from the Western culture. That's true. The way yeah, they chosen to worship yep, God. Yeah. So now we're saying, what's wrong with us? You know, bigadoro and you know beating the drums and in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay. That's that's quite an interesting question there. Yeah. <laughs> I know I've heard of one church interestingly in South Africa where they worship and uh, people get drunk and they actually drink beer. Wow. And they actually get into drunken stupors and they say that's the way of worshiping. Uh <laughs> did, did, on a side note, did you hear about the Beyonce service? No. Oh yeah. Oh, I think we yeah. need to look that online. <laughs> that just happened in the I'll, States. Uh, wow. That's a, a, a Beyonce service where they're that not was doing. It was in the Catholic church. It was in the Catholic yeah. church, and they're doing Beyonce music in yeah. church, and uh, they were preaching, preaching based on Beyonce's, Beyonce's songs, songs like how she, as a way to connect. I mean, you listen to yeah. it, you're like, I understand Ooh. what you're trying to do, but oh. anyway, <laughs> that's just an aside. Yeah. You know, we're living in an interesting age. Yeah. Um, there is lots of deception going around. If you look at the writings of the Apostle Paul, he would constantly go back to the church and say, you know what, guys, be careful. The devil wants to trick you, and you take them back to the basic truths because deception is an easy thing. I mean, look at how the devil, he came uh, to Eve, and he, through deception, he took a hold of us, and now we're here. And we're, yeah. Thank God for Jesus. Yeah. But uh, we're going through a lot of difficulties because of sin, yeah. because of deception. He just mm-hmm. came with words. Yeah. So one thing we have to be aware of as a generation, is that there's lots of deception and we just need to go back uh, to the truth. Yeah. Now, coming back to what you're talking about, about um, the way church is done. Yeah. 
I think you just go back, you know, to the truth and uh, to the word. It's important to be able to extract principles from God's word yeah. and apply the principles. The context may change. Yeah. Context is always changing. Even if you look at in the time of the apostles, the way they dressed, you know, they would wear these long, which people do say today, my mm-hmm. it because then it was appropriate. If you wear it today, it looks weird. And there were way of, ways of, of doing things, whether it's t- in terms of dressing or talking or greeting yeah. that were significant to them, which actually were not necessarily uh, spiritual things. There's a, a part in Romans 14 where Paul talks about disputable manners. In other words, it's these gray areas where you don't really know whether it's wrong or it's right. Yeah. And he gives us the key to talk about this. Yeah. And he talks about your faith. How does that affect your faith? Are you doing it as unto the Lord? You know, mm-hmm. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, mm-hmm. do it as unto the Lord. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, whether you're eating yeah. or drinking, okay. do it as unto the Lord. So, of course, there's different styles. There's mm-hmm. different ways. There's different temples of doing things. Mm-hmm. Some people like things fast. Some people like things loud. But ultimately, are you doing it to the Lord? That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is, are you doing it in love? The Bible says faith and love. Those are the two things that are expected of a Christian. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, the faith dimension that means I know that the blood of Jesus is there to cleanse me, to set me free, mm-hmm. to clear my conscience. So I know that I can worship God uh, with a clear conscience as long as I know I'm doing it for him. But then there's the love aspect, which is also very key now no. because it's faith together with love. Okay. Now, what is the love aspect? It means I need to express devotion to God and also consideration for the people around me. How does what I do affect those around me? Does mm-hmm. it show the love of Christ to them? Mm-hmm. Be it the way I dress? Mm-hmm. Does it cause my brother to stumble? Mm-hmm be the way I greet? Mm-hmm. Is, do other people find it appropriate? And Paul talks about eating meat sold on the meat market as an example in 1 Corinthians 10, where the Christians of that time, uh, most of the meat was sold on meat markets where some of it was actually dedicated to spirits. Yeah. And there was controversy in the church where some people were saying, no, I can't buy that meat. It's been dedicated. And others were saying, you know what? Hey, well, I've got Christ. I've got faith. That meat can't do anything to me. But Paul concludes the matter like this. He says, Even though you have got strong faith, you can eat the meat. But if your eating of the meat causes a weaker brother to stumble, in other words, their faith is not there yet. So it's better for you to give up the meat, even though it doesn't affect you. So I say the same thing about the way we do things in church. Mm -hmm. The way you dress, whatever you you weigh, and the way you greet. Some people like to give hugs and kisses. Some, it's inappropriate for them. Look, ultimately, ask yourself, is what what I'm doing, does it lift up the name of Jesus? Mm And number two, does it show love mm-hmm. to the other person? But there are certain things we need to draw the line with. Like, mm-hmm. for example, when you talk about way of worship, things that are spiritual, so to speak. Like, mm-hmm. for example, music is a very spiritual thing. Look at the prophets from the days of old. Mm-hmm. You know, Elisha, mm-hmm. he would have someone come and play the harp, mm-hmm. you know, and the spirit of God would come upon him and you'd prophesy. Look mm-hmm. at Saul when he was tormented by a demon. Mm-hmm. David would play, mm-hmm. you know, and the demon would leave him and, and Saul is no longer depressed. Mm-hmm. So... We need to be able to draw a line and look at what is it we draw in, what does it draw out, why are we doing it? Mm-hmm. Because we can get connected to the wrong kind of spirit just by trying to preserve what we think is African, mm-hmm. which actually might actually not be um, African. You know, you talk about familiar spirits. These are deceiving spirits that can come in. When people do what you call ma- mabira, mm-hmm. and they say they're just connecting us to God. Mm-hmm. But in, actual, in actuality... The Bible talks about what you call familiar spirits, mm. which are demons that exist and that actually reside in particular families. Mm. 
and they know everything about that family. So, for example, a demon that was there in the time of my great grand, uh, grandfather mm. is still there today because they have not yet been destroyed or judged. Yes. So they have got all the information. They can supply information. People can come and ask. So when that demon manifests, for example, Pabire mm. Papo, and the drums have been beaten, mm. and the people are having that alcohol and all those things, mm. that spirit can be very accurate in what it does and what it says mm. in terms of narrating the history. Mm. So a lot of people have been deceived because they think, ah, if this spirit knows exactly what happened there uh, with my father and with mm. this person, surely it's a good spirit and, and it's got something positive. But demons are deceiving. The very word demon in Greek means spirits that know. Wow, okay. So demons actually have a lot of information. So they can convince us. And so we have to be careful where we draw the line. That's why generally you hear us saying, you know what, don't do those things. Don't go uh, where these, uh, they're doing my pitas. Don't do Jemasungiri and all those things because they have a spiritual significance and you get deceived because on the outside it looks normal, looks okay, but um, you can end up getting yourself in trouble. Mm. I want to ask a, a little question on yeah. the issue of the way we do things, yeah. shall we say. Yeah. It's interesting. Our last episode was on, on a lot of the way we yeah. do things. Yeah. Um, I watched something, I watched or heard something yesterday. I forget exactly how I came about mm. this information, but it was a little, it was a little quote that I said, yes, I remember that quotable quotes, put it on Facebook. Right. And, uh, it said that, um, said something along the lines of, uh, you, you can't tell a fish that it's wet. Okay. And the whole idea was that it wouldn't know. Oh, it's okay. only ever been in water. It, it knows wow. no difference. That's, that's interesting. That's it. Yeah. So we've been doing church a particular way. All right. And what's to say that that way has been right? All this okay. Because we've been in yeah, it for so true, long. True. You'll find, um, I'll, I'll take this as a broad example, but mm. you take the Pentecostals and maybe the traditional church. Right, right. You'll find maybe a Pentecostal complain about a traditional church saying, the, like the Roman Catholic, that you guys are obviously missing the yeah, mark here. Yeah, yeah, okay. But okay. you've been doing that for centuries. All right. And saying that that's the way wow. to do it. All right. So, yes, we can question our African things because that's now, now, that's 21st century. Mm. We're dealing with it today. But how about the things we've been moving with for so long? Wow. How do we know that those methods, because they're not mentioned mm, in the Bible, mm, mm, the mm, service mm, is not mentioned in the Bible, yeah, how to yeah, do it, it's not yeah, there. Yeah. So somewhere we've made some of this. How do we know that that's an okay way to go? Right, yeah. right. That's a very important question. And you know, it comes back to the basics and the fundamentals of Christianity. You know, what is Christianity? And how do we live as Christians? And um, I'll just go back to what I said, that it has to glorify the Lord. What the Bible talks about, talks about singing to the Lord, talks about worshiping. But in certain things, it doesn't necessarily say how, like you're yeah. saying, and yeah. uh, we could be wrong. But I would just say, you know, you need to ask yourself, whatever it is you're doing, whether it's the way you're singing, the way that you're playing the keyboard, or well, some people have gone to the extreme, and I have experienced this, where people think that things like keyboards are evil, or that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. which uh, is an extreme. But the, the whole question is, why are you doing what you do? What is inspiring you? Mm -hmm. you know and who are you doing it for you know so i've met people who are so spiritual but they they don't uh use any form of instrument 
and uh, they're very conservative in their approach. But when you look at them, their lives, and this is another thing as Christians we need to observe, is fruit. Yes. The Lord said, by yeah. their fruit you shall know them. When you look at the fruit in their life, I see godliness, I see peace, I see love, I see humility, I see wisdom, I see a focus on Christ and a calling to Christ for his power, his strength, and his redemption. So I think this is another important point is you have to look at the fruit. I think so. So whatever it is you're doing, what is the fruit of it? That's why the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit. That where the Spirit of God is dwelling, there's going to be fruit. There's going to be the Christ kind of mind and heart, the love, the forgiveness, you know, the focus on Jesus Christ, the lifting up of the name of Jesus. And the fruit is what tells us. Because someone can be very conservative, but be very demon-possessed. Or someone can be very loud in the way they worship, in the way they do it. But when you look at the fruit, they're very godly. So as believers, I guess for us, let's observe the fruit. What's the result of it? When you get in that worship service, what do you get from it? When you leave, what do you have in your mind? What are you reflecting on? How has it changed your character? How has it changed the way you see God and you see people? If it's drawing you closer to Christ, I'll tell you then it's correct. I can't then specify this and that, but how does it affect your relationship with Christ? Interesting. Yeah. So going back to our uh, African um, traditions and yeah. stuff, you mentioned a few things. Let's yeah. just delve into that a little bit. Sure. What are some of the things, like maybe a listener is thinking, okay, I get what you're talking about. Yeah. But, you know, there are certain aspects of our culture and our tradition yeah. that when it comes to the spiritual side of things, mm. don't really correlate to our faith. Right, yeah. What are some of the things that... Uh, people should know about. You mentioned things like Kusungira and right. that sort of thing. Maybe just take us through a few of them and their implications. Right, yeah. right. I'll just uh, talk about a few things. Yeah. One of the things I'll talk about, because uh, it's very common, is what we say in Shonakurova, Gua, where people go to the tombstone, do it, tombstone unveiling, yeah. but with a spiritual spin to it as well, yeah. where they believe that they are bringing back the spirit of the deceased into the family. Yeah. And some people go there and they say, you know what, we're not bringing back, I'm just going to be a part of it as mm-hmm. a Christian in respect of my late father or uncle. Mm-hmm. Now, some of these things, you have to realize, like I said, they can connect you easily and quickly to satanic power. Let me put it this way. One of the, name, the names the devil is given in the Bible is the name Beelzebub. Yes. Now, Beelzebub, translated loosely, means... Uh, chief of demons, but literally it means uh, Lord of flies because demons behave like flies. So we look at flies, where do flies like to operate in a dirty environment where there's no hygiene? So obviously it means that for us as Christians, for the devil to be able to attack and afflict us, Mm. he looks for us to get ourselves dirty. Then he can come in. We talk about uh, another example I can give is uh, wavelengths and, and all these things. Like in here, in this room, you've got waves, uh, uh, DSTV that can connect us to DSTV, that can connect us to BTV. Mm-hmm. But we're not, we can't perceive them because we don't have anything that can receive those waves. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing with what the devil does. Yeah. His spirits are everywhere, of course, always trying to wreak havoc. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. But if you don't have anything that they can connect with, they don't come in. So they're looking for an entry point. They're looking for an entry point. Okay. Yeah. So some of these things that we do in the name of, uh, it's, our, it's our culture, mm-hmm. it's our tradition, are uh, entry points. So you find people end up having these nightmares. They, 
dream of spiritual husbands, the dream of snakes, and they're being pursued, the dream of dead people. Mm. And they wonder where it's come from. It's because the flies have found dirt. And now uh, they begin to have these problems. And they say, you know what? I think something's spiritually wrong with me. So when you get involved in these things, because the Bible clearly says that we must not entertain it. Because the Bible says, uh, Hebrews 9.27, a man dies once and after that faces judgment. So when you get involved there, the devil finds a way to come in. Some people say, you know, you know what, what if I even, if I give my money and I just give the money to go and buy food for the ceremony, I don't go there. But you're actually connecting yourself with them because you're actually aiding them. In Shona, we say, okay, yeah. because you actually, your money, because the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Uh-huh. So if you give your treasure to it, even if you don't participate, it connects you spiritually. And so you find some people say, I feel I'm cursed. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, yeah. certain things are just repeating. And I don't understand why I can't get a breakthrough in this area. Yeah. And sometimes it's because we get involved in these ceremonies, which we should, must never get involved in. Because I talked earlier about familiar spirits, which mm-hmm. deceive. And people mm-hmm. say, ah, my, my, my sekuru actually would stammer. And when the spirit came out, it was stammering like my sekuru. It's a deceiving familiar spirit. There's other things like people go kunganga, uh-huh. you know, to a witch doctor. Yeah. You know, and they get these cuts. Yeah. And the Bible says, do not cut yourself mm-hmm. because people would cut themselves even for the dead as a way of mourning. Why? Because the Bible also says that life is in the blood. So when you, wherever your blood goes, mm-hmm. your life goes with it. Mm-hmm. So if you go to be it a, a spiritualist or there's certain uh, prophets as well who do the same thing, they mm-hmm. cut you and then maybe they apply medicine or whatever, you're actually getting into a covenant because your blood is your life. Mm. So that person now can easily contaminate you with the spirits. They can affect you. They can even influence you indirectly and send things to you that will start to trouble you in your dreams, in your life. And you wonder where it's coming from because you've connected yourself with those, all these things like Kusungira. I remember when we went to school and we were doing Shona and we wondered about these things and were asking questions. They were saying, what is happening is, I don't know how true it is, I'm not an expert, mm-hmm. but they were saying that the child is being dedicated to the ancestral spirits of the mother. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are a Christian and a believer, mm-hmm. why do you need to trust ancestral spirits to protect your child? Mm-hmm. Say, ah, we'll just go and we'll just do it and anything. But if you really believe that the Lord Jesus protects you, is there still need for you to do this? Or are you just doing it out of fear and not honoring the Lord? So there's all these many little things, you know, that open doors in the name of tradition, in the name of uh, African culture, particularly things that have to do with spiritual things, where as, spirits, as Christians now we're not growing yeah. and we're not going forward. And we wonder why our church, many people have said that the African church is very wide, but very shallow. Okay. It's miles wide, but yeah. inches deep. And I believe that's part of the reason mm. that we open these doors and we and the devil puts us on a leash. Mm. And you can only go so far because you've opened a particular door and builds above the Lord of Flies sends his flies because you've got the dirt. That's a, an interesting point <laughs> that kind of lands square on one of our other questions. Okay. Which is what is the deal? I think you kind of said <laughs> what is the deal with so much deliverance ministry exactly. in Africa? Yeah. I was, I've traveled a little bit. Yeah. I've been to Australia. Yeah, I've yeah. 
Fine, China's a bad example. <laughs> been there too. Yeah. Been to the, I've been to the States. I've right. been there. And there's just not this much hype on deliverance <laughs> or anything. You go to church there, you're worshiping, you're doing what yeah. you go home. But here, it's like deliverance. <laughs> so is, is, is that the fact? Is it just that we're that shallow and the rest of the world has managed to get deep and, and we are, something is holding us? Is it our Africanism that is holding us back? And causing the need for this degree of deliverance, mm. or do we just love deliverance? Do we just love <laughs> cleansing? <laughs> so much? Look, I, I think there there is different reasons for that, and one of the reasons is definitely the shallowness sometimes of our Christian walk, where it, it boils down for me to insincerity, and that's one of the things I'd say personally frustrates me as as a, a fellow a black believer or African believer in Christ, mm. that um, insincerity is sometimes encouraged indirectly where a person mm. can say the right thing in church, say hallelujah, but when they whisper behind the wall, they say, this is African. You know, it can only be solved in an African way. You know, mm. this is Ngozi. Yeah. You, you yeah. know, yeah, you just go to the Nganga and do the things. Then go back to church, man. Mm. You know, mm. and so this aspect, I don't know whether it's Africanism Oh, it's just something that's prevalent among us here in this side of the world. But that's one of the problems we have. We're shallow because there's a lot of deception and insincerity, you know, uh, and we mix. People yeah. want to be associated with the Lord, but also they want to associate with uh, these mm. rituals and all these I've things. Seen that a lot, yeah. yeah, you know, so as a result, the door is open and we're shallow and we're always afflicted by spirits because obviously they'll come. You open the door, the flies yeah. come, the demons come. You know, so that's one aspect of it, I think. The second aspect, I think, might just be a cultural issue in terms of us as people, as Africans. We are very culturally expressive, I think, yeah. particularly if you compare to the West. So even our spirituality is more expressive, I think, generally. That's a fair, fair statement, yes. So if you look at it, sometimes it means even the way we do things is quite expressive. The way the spirit manifests in our lives is also expressive. So that could be another thing as well. It's just more on the expressive side. Not to say that people who are, are, are not in Africa are not being delivered. Some are being delivered quietly, I say, because you can be delivered quietly yeah. as you grow in the word, mm -hmm. as you learn to resist, as you learn to shut the doors. You know, you don't have to fall on the floor and cry out and, and drool and, and vomit to be delivered, although sometimes that happens. So many people are probably being delivered, even in those other cultures, but just in maybe in a more subtle, quiet way as they trust in Jesus. But the other aspect, which I think is also very important, you know, if you go to Luke chapter 11, I think it's verse uh, 21 and 22, and Jesus is talking about binding the strong man. He's just mm -hmm. delivered a person there. And he says, um, as long as uh, the strong man is in his home and no one challenges him, I'm paraphrasing now, he says his possessions are safe. But he says, unless someone attacks him, stronger attacks him and overpowers him, then can he divide the spoil. So in other words, the Lord Jesus was saying, if you don't dire directly confront the devil in whatever area is attacking people, you'll sit pretty. You can't divide the spoils. You can't take away. Mm. Unless you take away his armor, you never know there's a problem. Now, if you look at that in Luke chapter 11, from verse 14 coming down, he had just delivered someone from a demon that was causing someone not to speak. Mm -hmm. you know? And that's what he's saying, that if he had not confronted that situation and prayed for that person mm -hmm. and cast the demon out, the person would have remained dumb and mute. They wouldn't be able to speak because the devil is sitting pretty. So I believe sometimes in many of these other cultures where it seems there isn't much need for uh, deliverance to be done, 
it's simply because the root spiritual issues sometimes are not addressed. And yeah. we, may, we seem to have lots of uh, spiritual dirt, but I tell you, even in those cultures, there's lots of spiritual dirt that opens them to demonic mm-hmm. bondage, and they don't even know. Because if you look at their lives, I believe the fruit that shows us demons are there. The fruit is there. You know, you look at depression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at suicide. Mm-hmm. You look at drug addiction. You know, you look at broken down marriages. You look at fornication. Now, that's the work that, uh, chiefly of demons. That, that shows mm-hmm. that there they, they is demonic bondage. Yeah. But the roots are just not being uncovered. Because some of those people are involved in so many things that open the doors. Like Freemasonry, mm-hmm. you know, opens doors in those cultures for them. Spiritism, spiritualism, where people commune with the dead as well. Even in, yeah. in certain churches, they, they've, they've that what they call spiritualism and spirit guides. Mm-hmm. And they have this in their past, in some in the very recent past. And they are bound by demons. But if no one exposes those things that the devil is doing in them, I tell you, those demons will be right there and sitting pretty. And people think that these people have no spiritual problems when they're just as, and maybe in some cases worse yeah. than what we are in. Yeah, I think we do tend to forget yeah. that um, sometimes we're actually watching the bad fruits on display. So yeah. They package yes. very nicely. Yeah. Called CBS, you watch medium. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. You're just watching these yeah. things and it's like normal life <laughs> yeah. for them. Yeah. But yeah. really, <laughs> this is bad. I tell you, those people are in yeah. trouble, hey? Yeah. yeah. And they don't even know it. Wow. Yeah. And I guess the things manifest differently. You know? And yes, they things do. That in in here, you're like depression, really. Yeah. Uh, what is uh, suicidal? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eating disorder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All, all those things. things. Yeah. yeah. This, all those things. We're like it's so foreign to us because you exactly know, it's manifesting in a different way for yeah. us. It's like literally exactly know, people being possessed and yes, know, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. So. Having noted these things, someone mm. could be listening and thinking, okay, yeah. right, I understand these things. What if I was a part? What if I've been going to these, you know, ceremonies okay. and thinking, ah, because I'm a Christian, I'm covered. Mm, mm, you know, mm. I'm just supporting the family. Mm. Or what if I have, you know, donated money mm. and stuff. And the whole thing of donating money actually makes sense when you, when you say it because, mm, you know, mm. how come we expect a blessing when we give to Exa- ministry that's it. that we're not physically going, like if we provide money to missionaries, mm. we expect a blessing there. Yeah. And then we think, Kuti, if we, you know, donate money towards a, uh, Mission. Mm, you see now, that's <laughs> profound. Yeah. That's profound. So yeah. now someone is thinking, okay, I've contributed somehow, either being filthy right. or, you know, donating money. Yeah. What does that mean for and, me now? I'm a, I'm a Christian. Yeah. And there's the yeah. last category yeah. of that, those yeah. who participated without knowing when they were a exactly. child yes. and it was done to them. Right. They, they, they're, yeah. just, they're just there. Right. And yeah. they, they become they born the again. They got the cats or vagasungi. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. right. So what does that mean? Now? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a critical question there. Yeah. And uh, we praise the Lord and that's why we preach the gospel, you know. Yeah. Because Jesus Christ, he came to set the captives free. He does set the captives free and that's why he died for us on the cross. And we've got the opportunity to enforce it. The Bible says everyone who calls on the Lord will be saved. And I believe it's not just talking about going to heaven. It's talking about everything affecting your life, your spiritual walk, and your well-being. Mm-hmm. Now, someone may have discovered, okay, I was involved in this. I've got the cuts. I've got this. What do I do? Mm-hmm. You know, we come to the Lord. He'll set us free. Amos chapter 3, verse 3, you know, he asks a rhetorical question and says, can two walk together unless they agree to do so? 
And uh, what does that mean? It means that the only thing that will make something continue is an agreement. And if the agreement is broken officially, it means the contract no longer subsists. So it means the person has to make the personal commitment, just like you receive Christ personally, mm -hmm. to say, you know what, I'm going to walk away from this. Mm -hmm. Now it means the first step is confession. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you look at 1 John chapter 1, talks about confessing our sins, and mm -hmm. God is faithful and just to cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. So you have to be willing to confess it. I always give the example of Acts 19, verse mm -hmm. 18 to 20. Mm -hmm. Um, and when the, the early church, mm -hmm. people would come that were involved in these things. Mm -hmm. Some were in, in sorcery, mm -hmm. equivalent of our own uh, witch doctors. And it says they brought books of witchcraft. I mean, now these guys were deep in that mm -hmm. stuff. If yeah. people have books, I mean, yes. they knew the spells, the incantation. That was Satanism. But they were set free because the Bible says the first thing they did, they say is they came and they confessed openly, yeah. openly what they'd been involved in. So the first step is I would say, come, come to a pastor. A pastor who believes, uh, uh, you know, in the power of Christ to set you free, mm. go to them and say, Pastor, I want to confess this. You know, I've been involved in this or my family does this mm. and I want to confess it before the Lord that I do not want it. Because unless and until that person says it out with their own mouth, mm. those spirits are there waiting and they say, you know what? this person has not refused me so even if he's going to church and I'm getting burnt there by the spirit of God I'll hold on because he hasn't officially said no so those things latch on but the moment the person themselves the individual mm. the, the daughter the son they say you know what Satan listen to me something happened with my grandfather perhaps or other people I don't know but as for me for me, Saruzai, for me, Jennifer, mm. I'm saying no. Mm. I don't want you to so listen, you spirits. Mm. And often it's better to do it with other believers, mm. supporting you and standing mm. with you. Mm. And you confess it and say, you know what, mm. this that was done, I officially say I don't want it. If there's such a spirit following me, mm. I don't want that spirit in Jesus' name. So they confessed in Acts chapter 19. Mm. And the second thing is after they confessed, it says they brought their books that they used. Now, for us, it may not be books. It may be, maybe you were given cloths mm -hmm. that you needed to wear when the ceremonies are being done. Maybe you were given a trimbo, you know, you're yeah. given all these implements yeah. that have a spiritual significance, tokens yeah. that you bring. It says they brought them and they burnt them. Yeah. So anything that links you, that is in the natural, any physical token has to be burnt. Yeah. Again, go to your pastor, go to someone, a spiritually mature person who loves the Lord and is filled by the Holy Spirit and understands this. And, I, and tell them, once you confess that I've got these things that need to be burnt, because it's mm -hmm. like the destruction of the contract. There is a contract that, that, that was there. Mm -hmm. Maybe you were dedicated as a family, mm -hmm. and the contract is there. It means it can be broken. Mm -hmm. So those things now have to be burnt mm -hmm. publicly. Mm -hmm. Not a secret thing. Mm -hmm. It's a public thing. Maybe in the church, it doesn't necessarily have to be the whole community, the whole neighborhood, mm -hmm. but just in front of some believers mm -hmm. to witness. Mm -hmm. And I've seen cases, you know, where people are struggling spiritually mm. they're not growing or they've got this sickness mm. and they get prayed for and nothing seems to happen mm. the moment we burnt those things man all hell would break loose and those mm. spirits would manifest and then go mm. because that's where they were holding on to mm. so it's very important in a way there is a physical token particularly that's in your control if mm. if or that was given to ambuya mm. you know you have no authority over it because you don't have ownership over it it's not you have no right to burn it mm. but if it's yours mm. and it was given to you mm then you've got that right to say, you know what, I don't want this. Mm. And then you bring in mature Christians mm. and they pray with you, you confess and they burn those things. Mm. Then once you burn them, the final step is 
And now you have to walk away from it completely. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus gives a warning, Matthew 12, verse 43 mm-hmm. to 45, mm-hmm. you know, of a house where that once it's clean, mm-hmm. you know, it has to, you have to make sure that the Lord is there. If he's not there, worse things will come. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about being delivered from this, mm-hmm. make sure you're not going to go back. Mm-hmm. So if burn the things, don't buy new ones. Don't go back into those environments. Mm-hmm. Don't give your money again to people involved in those rituals. Yeah. Now, don't open the door again. Yeah. If you don't open the door again, I tell you, man, I've got so many testimonies. You'll be free completely. Wow. So that's just in a nutshell. There's more we can talk about, but I, I hope you get the idea. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to add to that. I think, cool. I think that's pretty... I think there's one question, probably yeah. the last one, where some people have asked uh, the Lobola ceremony. Right. Is right. there anything spiritual connected to that? That people should know, right? You know, because some of these things we don't right. understand them. Yes, you know, yes. Fancy words, and you think, ah, you know, you know, they'll tell you Rusambo, and you're like, oh, okay, what right. does that mean? You know, and you think it's right. a fancy thing, but you don't know what you're participating. That's true. You know, things like Mumbai or my what yes, do to exactly, you? exactly. Any spiritual connotations to right for, for those who didn't catch all of what Keith is saying <laughs> he's just talking about traditional marriages like yes, whatever they right. are in your language yeah. this is what exactly. we're talking yes, about yes. traditional marriage right you know it, it just goes back to what I said earlier you have to understand the significance of everything you're doing what is it being done for who is it being done for and what does it mean? Because at the end of the day, it's your life. You're accountable for it. Mm-hmm. You can't say because my Sekuru, my aunt uh, told me to do it, you know, because your relationship with God is an individual thing. So it's individual decisions. And um, like you said, Biscuit, you know, in every culture, there's different things mm-hmm. that people do. And you have to ask yourself, you know, whether a black person or you're Indian or you're white or you're Japanese, Chinese, Whatever it is you're doing as a believer, what does it mean? Research. I, I, I have learned a lot of these things by researching and asking questions and reading books. And you realize that certain things don't help us, you know, when you look at it. And because a lot of things that we did in our culture, many of the ceremonies were always, uh, unfortunately, connected to ancestral spirits yeah. and familiar spirits. You know, that's the way it was. Mm-hmm. And so you have to look at it. Everything. Ask, ask questions. If you don't understand it, yeah. then don't do it. Okay. Yeah, just keep away. Certain things, if you feel you can do it, you've got the faith and it's not clearly against going against God's word, yeah. okay, fine. But if you're not sure, mm. then just step away mm. and trust the Lord. Mm. You know, when you look at marriage, mm. marriage is a very simple thing that God ordained and he loves. Mm. When you look at the Bible, it simply says that the two were naked and unashamed, mm. and which means you're coming together in a way you're not ashamed. In other words, you're not hiding, you're not mm. deceiving other mm. people. There's nothing illicit about it mm. it's an open thing mm. and it can be very simple mm. you know as long as you're doing it for the lord and you're committing to a man to woman woman to man mm. and in front of other people witnesses and you're not ashamed mm. and you're committing lifelong mm. that's marriage all these other things that people try and do you know you have to ask yourself why am i doing this mm-hmm. you know question it every stage of the way you have the right to question it and you've got the right to your spiritual life because tomorrow you'll cry because of those people you're trying to please and they won't be there to answer your question. Yeah. You know, so yeah. stand firm, what you're sure of yeah. and what you see reflected in the word and go by that and God will honor your faith. Yeah. A lot of our tradition, which is a little different from culture and yeah. gets confused. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Is we, we forget that that was that day. Exactly. We, we, we're no longer yeah. analyzing why this is necessary yeah. exactly. now. Yeah. Maybe it had a point. Maybe there was a reason. 
at that time. At that time, yeah. Like like the whole <laughs> Mutupo thing. Some argue that, no, that was literally con- conservation. They created all that. But then there are now people who literally are going to worship that or something. Yeah. So That's an interesting gotta, one, yeah. You've got to ask these yeah, questions exactly. about its application. Exactly, the application. Yeah. And it is interesting you mentioned Yaem Tupo, you know, mm-hmm. uh, these totems. And uh, sometimes, like you're saying, because I also looked at that and said, you know what? Sometimes you don't know the reason why they did it mm-hmm. because, you know, you don't eat your, your totem. So, like you're saying, maybe there's a conservation thing. But now there is an aspect where there is worship. Yeah. And you yeah. find, and I found consistently, that people with certain, uh, certain totem are said to behave in a similar way. Yeah. And it's often negative. Yeah. yeah. Some are said with this totem, you know, they're angry people, yeah. they're fighters. Yeah. Some say another totem, they don't forgive. They're like an elephant mm-hmm. that doesn't forget. Yeah. And all these negative connotations. You know, so when you look at that, that's why, you know, I just say sometimes it's just worth, you know, just keeping off. You won't die if you don't abide to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's neither here nor there. Why venture? It's almost like saying, you know, there is a croc that comes here every certain uh, now and then, you know, but at certain times you don't see it. And you say, okay, how long can I swim in this pond before the croc comes? Why not just re- keep away from the pond in the first place? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I've seen, that's why personally I don't really uh, ascribe much to this whole issue of totems. Although I understand, you know, if you're just being called like a name, there is no implication. Mm-hmm. But I have seen that there are certain behaviors that are tied yeah. consistently to these things. So you have to ask yourself, how is it benefiting you? You know? Yeah. And, a lot of, and I've seen a lot of people who ascribe to these totems, mm. then, then embrace and certain behaviors and yes. justify them. Yes, like, exactly, example, exactly, yeah. Uh, in our Shona culture, there are these women called Vanachihera. Yes. And they'll say, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sort of, yeah. And you sort of justify, I've, I've heard certain women, even in my own church, right. say, I'm Zere You see now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're now justifying exactly. your behavior because of your tone. Yeah. And that kind of then tells you there's a spirit behind yep. this thing. Yeah. You know? True. Yeah. True. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow, I won't speak my family's like serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my family's serious. Yeah, you gotta, you have to yeah. watch that. You have to be very careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. No, I think that that brings us to the end. Of I don't know if you've got a no, no. A I think a lot question of or... a last question. I don't think I have a last question because so much was already covered, yeah. and I think covered succinctly, covered yeah. very, very specifically. Yeah. Of course, you mm. can dive yeah. way deeper into most of this stuff and yeah, true. the case by case yeah, as well. Absolutely. Um, but one thing I will add, um, I had years ago, I mm. had a scenario in my own family where uh, we had just learned about, about the familial spirits, about the danger mm. of participating mm. in uh, uh, miras and all that sort of stuff. Yes. And it just so happened that at that time, my grandfather passed. Okay. And... Um, my family, very strong in traditional mm. stuff. Mm. Uh, nyatis, if you want right. to be okay. specific. Okay. And it came the moment when my mother, born again, fiery believer, she's the one who helped me right. and, and my sisters. Oh, but then awesome. my dad was not on that boat. Okay. So um, my dad wanted me to go. Now, he doesn't believe in the traditional stuff. Mm. And he's, he's born again now. And this is years ago. Okay. He didn't believe in that whole traditional side of things, nor did he necessarily believe in the okay. Christian side of okay. things so much. Right, right. So he was of the opinion, just go, 
do the thing and look, it's your grandfather. What It's just necessary for what we have to do there. Okay, mm. do it. And so I was stuck. Right. And I remember getting the call and being asked, mm. uh, you, you need to go do this thing. And I, mm. we, you mentioned earlier respect. Mm. That's a big aspect of my Yeah, life. yeah, it is. It is. So um, there's the respect of your father right. asking you to do Ish. this. Yeah. And then there's what you know from church, which he's already not happy with. Mm. So eventually, uh, cut a long story short, I, I, I refused to go. Wow, well done. Um, and I was uh, cut off. From, from that inheritance at that, at that time, it was very. That must have been. It hard. was very yeah. bad, very harsh. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing that I, I guess yeah. I'd want people that's to remember that. Yes. These are choices, and yes. they have consequences they on do. both sides. That's so true. I uh, now we're fine. Now he's born again. Now yes, mm. but that was years of that pain and that offense to my father. Mm. That, that was that was deep. That was wow. harsh to my family. Wow! Because of the choice that I made. So this decision isn't light. Mm. These choices to go against cultural norms yeah, yeah, yeah. are not light. Yeah. But sometimes that is the cross. Yeah. That is that is carrying the burden. That is yeah. suffering that you then have to have. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And actually, I'm yeah. only thinking about it now, knowing his story fully well. That mm. How faithful God is. Because wow, I've known yeah. him for quite a while. And yeah. For the longest time, he's had a very interesting relationship with his dad. Right, right. Because of that issue. Yeah. And all of a sudden, God just turns it around when the yeah. dad gets born again. Wow. Yeah. Man. the relationship turns. That, that's amazing. But all those years of that friction, Oof. you know, you could never foresee that day coming. That day. Wow. You know, God can just turn it around in an instant. Wow. And Ish. that sacrifice now makes yes, exactly. a lot of sense. It didn't make sense. Five, ten years later. Wow. At the time, you might think, Ish. Wow. It hurts. <laughs> and that's what I was about to say. You know what, Biscuit, well done. Do you realize that was an eternal seed that you sowed? Mm-hmm. And now, yeah. if you had compromised, who knows? Perhaps your, your dad would have never had to really think about spiritual things. And True. maybe he thought about it. Why would my son, who is probably very obedient and loves me, why would on this particular point would they, would he, mm. oppose me? So mm. you planted a seed, and we're seeing that, and we're seeing the result. And that's what people have to know. Yes, persecution will come because it's the cross you carry. Yeah. But know that there is joy set before you. Like it says, for Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the the cross, scorning his shame. Mm-hmm. So you are planting a seed when you do this, you know. So yes, hardship may come, rejection may come, but know that you are planting an eternal seed, which you may see or not see yeah, uh, yeah. the fruition of it. And another thing I always encourage people, you know, it, it also helps to, when you find that you've made this commitment, make sure you don't wait for the ceremony day to come. I always say, you know mm-hmm. what, take your relatives if you can, sit them down, write a letter to the significant people in your life and just tell them, you know what, when you do this, I know it's important to you, I can't participate. It's not because I disrespect you or I hate you, but I don't believe in it. So if you see me saying no, don't think I hate you. Yeah. And I found for some people, you know, some people, some people mm-hmm. are just difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They will still give you a hard time. Yeah. But in some cases, it can sort of help yeah. because you've yeah. told them beforehand. And when they see you do it, they'll just say, oh, of course, I, they told us. So leave them alone. Yeah. Yeah. But in some cases, you still will go through hardship. Yeah. But you know what? The Lord will encourage you. And I believe, you know, even if we had given you Biscuit a chance to say, I believe the Lord gave you strength in that difficult, yeah. difficult time. <laughs> I won't yeah. forget that day. <laughs> I don't know what I would have yeah. done. Yeah. 
So yeah, thank you so much, Tanashe, for, for the wisdom that you've dropped. And, oh, praise yeah, God. God bless you. It's been really awesome. You've really answered, you know, most of the questions. And, oh, it's a pleasure. And, and very well. And I'm sure yeah. people have, have been answered. Oh, praise God. So yeah, thank you so much. I don't know if you have any final words for our listeners. Well, I just want to encourage you. You know what? You know, God loves you. And the Bible says the light shines in the darkness. The darkness does not overcome the light. So mm. you may find yourself and say, yeesh. Kwedu, I've been so much in this. I've been involved in this. I want to tell you there is no darkness greater than the blood of Jesus. As long as you're willing to sincerely commit mm. and turn away and, and confess, you know, God can make you new and, and give you a great testimony tomorrow. So be encouraged. The Lord is faithful. If you trust in Jesus, he will save you. He will deliver you. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> cool thank you very much guys for listening uh i'm kent and we out we out thank you for listening to this week's episode of the radiant culture podcast if you want to make a contribution make a suggestion or have a request you can get in touch with us via email on radiant at the hub.co.zw or inbox us on facebook and twitter look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know god bless it's hot, it's fresh, it's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.